Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast. Each week, your host, Casey Haston, Director of Recruiting at VIP, will bring you valuable insights from thought leaders, introduce you to incredible companies, and bring you tips for landing your dream job from our team of executive recruiters at VIP. And now, Casey Haston. Hey everyone, welcome to the We Are VIP podcast, a podcast devoted to adding value to your candidate or career search. I'm your host, Casey Haston, executive recruiter, director of recruiting with VIP, and your all-around hiring guru. Today, I am so excited. I have in the studio with me, I thought this was going to be a video uh, interview, but in the studio with me, the amazing Gina Tremarco. Gina is um, the founder and chief results officer of Pivot 10 Results. She, um, a consulting firm focused on creating a fantastic customer experience for her customers. She's actually here in Dallas today because she is meeting with one of her clients and she's going to help train them. And um, she also, now this is how I know Gina, she also co-hosts a podcast, Women Your Mother Warned You About. So I'm just going to go ahead and say you've been warned. I'm going to steal her line and um, welcome her to the show. I, Thank you. This is like a dream come true for me. Oh my gosh, it's a dream come true for me. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we were actually supposed to do this remotely. Yes. And we scheduled this a long time ago and I happen to be in Dallas. Uh, it's amazing. It's amazing. And just, and we've got this whole group of go-go girls getting yes. together later yeah. tonight, just some really fantastic women in the area that we've kind of put together and called them our tribe. There are amazing women in Dallas. I'm super excited yeah. to Well, including our voiceover actress, Melanie yeah. Murphy, who does our intro and outro. So she'll be with us tonight, too. I'm so excited. So, you know what? I, of course, you know, I am like the self-proclaimed president of the Women Your Mother, Women Your Mother Warned You About fan club. That is a mouthful. I know. It is mouthful. I love the podcast. I listen to every Thank single episode you. as soon as they air. Um, but kind of tell us a little bit about what sparked your podcast. Uh, this is a really good story. Uh, my co-host and I, Rachel Pitts. Who couldn't be here with us couldn't today. couldn't be here with we're us so today. sad. Something came up at the last minute. Yeah. And it, again, we were going to be recording from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. We, uh, she was a co- client of mine for several years, a coaching client. So I was coaching her in her business. Um, that came to an end, as those contracts have to, when people are ready to fly. Mm-hmm. And we stayed friends, and we started getting together and having these breakfasts, these girl power breakfasts, and we started talking about how we wanted to go out and help other women, like lift other women up and show them that they could do anything in their businesses or careers or their lives. And we wanted to create a podcast. Actually, the original thought was to do a real- reality TV show. Ah, and, well, like, and you both are coming out of show business. We're both, we both come from show business, yeah. So I'm like... Okay, that's a lot of work. <laughs> we could do a podcast because I already had a podcast, The Pivotal yeah. Leader. So we're like, we'll do a podcast. And we kept playing with different names. And we decided, you know, the big piece of this was to be able to personally brand ourselves mm-hmm. so that that would go back to lead back to our companies as an extension of our company. So really a marketing platform. So we thought we would do that. But we wanted to brand it as who we truly are. Because sometimes what we end up doing in business or in life is we try being what everybody else wants us to be. Yes. And so think about your own candidates. Mm-hmm. They're trying to, like, position themselves as of what the employer wants. Correct. Huge mistake. Did you hear what I told that candidate today when I was no. prepping her? No. I was like, be yourself. Because if you be someone else, 
you're not going to be happy. Be yourself. Exactly. If they don't like you, that's not where you're supposed exactly. to be. And then they get into the position, and then the employer's like, who are you? This is not. Exactly. This is not, we call it interview you. This is not interview you. Mm. So this podcast, Women Your Mother Warns You About, um, is real. We say it's real, raw, relevant, and irreverent. So that we're really real. Sometimes we're raw. We swear. Um, sometimes you go rogue. Sometimes we go rogue. <laughs> we we but we bring relevant information Absolutely. and experts, and then we're like silly. Yeah, and I love. Um, I was just listening to your most recent podcast with the Arshon McBride, and y'all were talking about time management, and it was so funny because you were sitting in the office with me today. And I was like, you really do do that when you were talking oh. about blocking. Because he's uh. like, I just block chunks of time. And you're like, no, I have to block my hours, yeah. you know, yeah. by the hour. For time management? Yes. Yeah. I, I, it was so funny. You're, I'm sitting in your office with you today, and you're like, don't forget to look at the questions I sent you. I'm like, oh, that's happening at 2 o'clock. It's on my calendar. In two minutes. <laughs> in two minutes. I still have two minutes to do this that I'm doing. So I have to block things out in an hour because I'm that personality that's all over the place. Mm-hmm. I'm so easily distracted if I don't put it on a calendar by the hour. I'm trying to remember what you said to me when I first met you. Because you just had some pretty major things happen in your life. Mm. And I, I yeah, wish that, I could. That you was said, this year. It feels like it's like years ago I know, that I met you. I know. But you had broken your wrist. Uh-huh. You had appendicitis. Uh-huh. And you had to move. Uh-huh. All like in a week. Yes. It was and, and yes. you still, and that's when I was introduced to you, and you still took time to call me, and I'm like, girl. Uh-huh. And you're like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just a whirlwind. I'm, that's not what you said. I'm a, I'm a, I don't Mosquito know. drinking Red Bull. Yes. Yeah, probably. That's what I said. I love yeah. that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you do a lot. Yeah, well, I mean, I also run an improv comedy theater in Myrtle Beach. Just that. So, it's the number one. So there's that. Um, and then our pivot ten results, so that we do training and consulting for businesses, and then the podcast, and, and other people's podcasts, and other people's podcasts. So I mean, yeah, I'm busy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little busy. Can you tell everybody where you're going next week? <gasps> yes! Oh, <laughs> I'm so excited and really terrified. Wait, wait, wait. I'm going to tell them. Okay, you tell them. Gina is going to prison. <gasps> <laughs> Why are you going to prison, Gina? What did you do? Oh, orange is the new black. <laughs> I am going to prison. Um, I, I volunteered to go to prison. I've raised my hand to go to prison. I am going into a prison in Indiana, a, a women's prison, to teach them improv, specifically improv for sales, which sounds like weird in itself. But these are women who actually, while they're in prison, while they're incarcerated, they actually work for a company called Televerdi. And Televerdi has a purpose of employing women in prison to give them skills so that when they get out, they're more employable. So we had this woman on our podcast. I know that you're going to be... Yeah, she's coming on our podcast a little podcast, bit later. Michelle Soroka. I'm not sure of the exact date, but she's but got the future, such a message. Yeah. Her message is amazing. And as she was telling us this whole story, which I won't tell, save it for you to tell. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I literally raised my hand. And literally, I'm like, can I go into the prison and can I go teach them improv? I don't know what came over me. I was like, I, I want to do that. And she's like, yeah, come on. And we're going to be there on these dates. And I'm like, 
in Indiana, like three hours away from Chicago. I'm going to be in Chicago that week, too. So it's oh. all serendipitous that wow. I'm going to happen to be there. So I'm going to go into the prison, teach two different sessions. These women who work for Televerde, they work for a call center, so they have to have sales skills. So I'm yes. going to do improv for sales for 100 women. That is so amazing. Yeah. That is, and that's such a good give back of you. Yeah. So, and and yes, I won't tell Michelle's story now, but we're very very excited to have her come on the show. Yeah, it's she's amazing. Be... So, listeners, you need to like listen watch to that out for one. that yeah, one. That's a good, it's gonna be good. You're gonna cry. I know. I know. Don't just wear thinking about it. Don't wear yeah. <laughs> so, women, your mother warned you about. It's mm-hmm. about making cells sexy again. And I know you've had some pretty amazing guests. Yeah. And not all girls. No. Not all girls. So it's not no. just for women, right? You know, it's it's not just for women. And actually, we've kind of like, you know, when it, anytime you start anything, we started it as the podcast that makes sales sexy again because we wanted it to link back to what we do in sales, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my co-host, she was in real estate. She just switched over to mortgage. Um, I'm a sales trainer. So we wanted it to, like, link back to sales. And then as it evolved it's evolved into something bigger and more mm-hmm. broad. So now we're starting to tag it as the podcast that makes everything say- sexy again. So we're like turning it, it just a little bit. Um, it, and it's interesting because I would say 30% of our listeners are men. So interesting. we have a huge male following more so than we expected. And so we have these male guests and we have female guests. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to put it out there. Sometimes we struggle on the female guests because they are, they take longer to commit. Yeah. And it's annoying. Whereas the men are like, yeah, I want to do that show. Yeah. I want to be with you women. Today? Yeah. <laughs> so it's interesting. But we've had some really amazing guests. So of all the guests that you've had on, and this is going to really put you on the spot, mm-hmm. which who, who is a guest that you, or maybe not that you've had on the show, maybe one that you want for a future yeah. show, that you want to bring on and just pick their brains? Oh, I want Brené Brown. Ugh. You and I me mean, I, both. I am pursuing. Speak it out there. Tell I'm, I've, I've been. Brene we, Brown. They have not said no to us yet. They're just like, not yet. She's busy. I mean, we've been, really? we've been pursuing it. Um, we've also been pursuing um, um, David Avery, who wrote Game Changers and okay. Bulletproof Diet. Like, we've been going after him because we love his book. Y- y'all just did an episode on Game Changers, right? Yeah, we that talked. Was one of your we, we, it was one of our rogue episodes. <laughs> That turned into a review of Game Changers and, and all the things in that book. Um, and you know who else I want to have on? Oh, what's her name? Oh, it's skipping me. Skinny girl. Bethany. Bethany Frankel. I know Bethany I know. Frankel. a lot of people are like, who is that? She sounds a, familiar. She's, well, she was a housewife, a, a real housewife of uh, New York. Oh. <laughs> but listen, but she's a brilliant businesswoman. She's got the whole skinny girl line of oh, okay. skinny girl vodka, skinny yeah, girl mar- yeah, yeah. margaritas. Um, she's really, really smart. Like, I, And she's raw. Interesting. Yeah. That should be an interesting one. Yeah. So, I mean, we haven't gone after her yet, but she's on my wish list. Gotcha. So if you're listening, Bethany. So we want Bethany, Brene, and David. Yeah. So far. So far. Yeah. But there could be more. Just yeah, wait. We're not more. done talking. Mm-hmm. So... Um, so you mentioned the mission of your podcast earlier, which is to help lift other women to success, even when circumstances seem impossible and overwhelming. Mm-hmm. I love that. I really do. And I, I believe Rachel wrote a book kind of tied to this. A Gift of Wreckage. Well. Yeah. That was her personal book that she wrote a while ago that kind of details out things that she's gone through. And everybody's got a story. Yeah. And everybody's got multiple stories. And and, and I have some crazy stories. And what we started talking about was that we can't let 
our, our bad stories or what we might perceive as bad stories stop us from moving forward. Mm-hmm. We can't let those stories put us in a fixed mindset. We always have to be in this growth mindset that our stories happen for a reason to push us to another place. Yes, I like that. But a lot of people get stuck in the negativity and they forget that everything bad that happens to you, there's a good that comes from it. And y'all are giving back because of it, because mm-hmm. of your own struggles. Yeah, so exactly. I love that type of servant leadership. And, yes. And, you know, and I definitely see, I mean, like you said, it feels like we've known each other for years, and it just kind of baffles me that it's been less than a year now yeah. that you say that. And I'm just like, but I've seen that over and over and I over know, again. and I feel like we're in a serious relationship now. <laughs> You did say you wanted a wife the other day. <laughs> yeah, yes. I did Thank say you, that. autocorrect. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, tell me about a time when someone's helped you, like you're helping women. Uh, along the lines of, like, servant leadership? Mm-hmm. So somebody that helped you progress in your career. Um, I, would, I would say... Um, you know Keith Walters, who is actually on, who's on our show. Mm-hmm. He's a he's the male voice of our show. He's a contributor. Uh, he's also been my mentor for several years, and he came on as a partner of the show, as a funder of the show. He helped the show get off the ground. But he's been a really um, inspirational part in my life of like taking everything to the next level, and. I, not like I don't. It's not like he set out to do that. I just he just has a lot of wisdom, and mm-hmm. so that wisdom has really taken me to different levels. So, gotcha. for instance, um, he told me about Vistage, the organization, which is an international CEO organization. Mm-hmm. He's like, because I was like, who, how do I get in front of these CEOs? Like, I'm trying to sell to the C-suite. How do I get? He's like, you really should be part of Vistage. You should be speaking at Vistage. And I'm like, what's a Vistage? And so. He's just, like, really informed me, educated me. And then when it, I was submitting to be a Vistage speaker for the Vistage Speaker Bureau, I'm like, what should I talk about? And Vistage said, you can only choose one talk topic. And I'm like, I have to I have to specialize? I have to niche? I can only pick one thing? But I do everything. Right. So that forced me. And I'm like, all right, I'll pick sales. And then Keith, like, helped me, like, fine-tune what that was going to look like. And so I would say... Most recently, that's what's come to mind on someone who's kind of helped me push where I'm at right now. That is so awesome. And I know that you are pushing other people, including myself, Mm -hmm. to kind of get to that next. I mean, I'm on a podcast now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So. Yeah. um, So let's talk about, I had you come in and teach my team. Uh We did a lunch and lunch. Yes. One of their favorite ones. In fact, it was so funny when you walked in. (laughs) When you walked in today, everybody starts going by their names that we made up. So you know and doing their little motions like Leap and Laney and yeah they had their superhero names. Everybody gets a superhero name. Magnificent Mike Mm -hmm. and Hula Hoopana. Gorgeous Gina. Gorgeous Gina. Yeah. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. But so you teach people okay so first of all let me back up. You have an improv comedy club. Right. But you also teach improv in that comedy club. Right. We, we teach classes to anybody who wants to sign up and take a class. So a six-week improv class. Um, this is a pretty... I mean, you can actually find them in, in Dallas. Like, there are classes yeah. that, that happen in Dallas at other improv comedy theaters. So people come and take them for mostly personal development. I think a lot of people think they have the, the misperception that people are signing up to become 
stars, but they're really signing up to like get out of their comfort zone, get mm -hmm. out of their head, be a little uncomfortable, think faster on the spot. So we have these people who sign up for six-week classes to do that. It's kind of like their hobby of the moment kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and I studied at Second City in Chicago, and that's where I got it from and decided to bring it to Myrtle Beach. Uh, and then we we started to see that we started to see a trend of salespeople coming to our classes specifically in timeshare because I'm in a timeshare market like a heavy timeshare market and I started to see these salespeople come through and they're like oh this has like increased my sales taking improv has increased my sales and then they started telling other they started telling other people right. and, and so all of a sudden we had all these salespeople taking improv classes and that's when the niche got easier for us in our corporate side of our business of you know what improv for sales because everybody wants to make money everybody wants to generate revenue absolutely i think your company is so appropriately named too, pivot 10 because man that's a pivot that you just did right there it was a huge pivot and yeah you know we had to actually rebrand our corporate training division to pivot 10 results um our, our theater is carolina improv and that was a really intentional name choice yeah. because a lot of people in, in South Carolina, and I jokingly say South Kekalaki. Um, <laughs> First time I'd heard that today. Uh, did not know what improv was. Yeah. Or is, especially in Myrtle Beach. So I, I specifically branded Carolina and improv together to really kind of educate the market on what improv is. And, and that did so well from a branding perspective that it actually hurt us corporately because people were like, we don't want to do improv in business. We don't want to be funny. We don't do funny here. We don't want comedy. Um, people weren't taking it serious. So I, I had to rebrand it to a completely different name with a more corporate-y look, uh, and I, which upset, annoyed me. And I'm like, what's another name for improvising? That's how I, that's how I came up with Pivot. I love that. That is yeah. awesome. That's a great and story. I hadn't heard that one. Yeah, and then now, of course, people come back and go, do you still do that improv thing? <laughs> you just can't. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, it's disguised. It's disguised. Well, and the whole point of you coming to meet with my team was to teach them to use the improv in sales. Right, And right. to, you know, kind of be a little bit more nimble and not just follow the script and right. build that rapport just a little bit right. faster. I'm curious what advice you would give to our candidates who are interviewing as far as using improv and humor. How much, how little would you go there? Um, I think, you know, candidates who, they're in sales, right? Mm -hmm. they're, they're selling themselves. Absolutely. So, so they still have to do some level of preparation. They need to know who they're interviewing with, who the company is. They need to know about the company. That drives me crazy. Like, my little stint in recruiting, I, like, wanted to, like, hurt, oh, like, come on, do a little research yeah. before you Know the name. <laughs> know the name before you show up. Know what we do. Uh, so I think from a candidate perspective, you have to be agile enough to, like, go with the flow when you get a question that totally throws you. Like, oh, I didn't prepare for that behavioral question. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, they want to... They want, they want to see how you respond. They want to see how you deal with the situation. Mm -hmm. Sometimes those questions are designed just to see how you're going to respond. Yeah. So get out of your head and just be real. And, like, when we teach improv, I'm like, just say the first thing that comes to your mind. Now, if the first thing that comes to your mind is some profanity, you probably don't want to do that in an interview. Really? Probably not, <laughs> depending on the organization. I, but I think if using improv to just, like, relax, go with the moment... And more specifically, we in improv, we teach people the number one thing is active listening. So shut up. 
Yes. You know, don't talk so much. Don't over-talk. Because if you over-talk, you're going to totally throw the interviewer, and it creates chaos in the mind. This is true. For the interviewer. So same thing with sales. The money is made in the silence. Shut up and listen. Shut up and listen. That's absolutely what I teach my team. Mm -hmm. So there's another technique that I think might be helpful to uh, candidates that you taught us. Which one? <laughs> I know you taught us a lot. <laughs> yes, and oh my gosh, yeah the uh, the um, the foundation of everything, the yes and concept. I mean, I don't own it. It's a pretty much a staple in improv. It's the opposite of yes, but right. You know, you people yes, but and you know that it's mm -hmm. a no. Yes, and is a way to replace the but with an and. So it's a mindset. It's a philosophy. We have a little exercise that we do with it. More importantly, yes and, the philosophy, is about acceptance. Acceptance of ideas, acceptance of thoughts, acceptance of feelings. It doesn't mean you have to agree. But we have a tendency to shut people down because we don't like what they have to say. And it's like, yeah, that's a great idea, but... Exactly. And all that does is create tension that shuts people down. They're not going to come back to you with any more ideas because it's like, well, Casey always just butts me, so I'm not going to come back. So the yes and is a mindful way to force you to listen. So when you're in that, like, because we do this little literal exercise around okay. it, if, I'm, if, I have to, if I know I have to repeat what someone had to say, which is what we do in the exercise mm -hmm. verbatim, I'm forced to listen. And then I'm, and I can't formulate a thought in my head while I'm listening, which is what people do. They're I'm doing it right now, right? <laughs> well, especially in podcasting, right? Yeah. As, as a podcast host, like that's probably the most stressful thing for me because I'm like I'm trying to listen and hear everything, and then in my head I'm and like, prepare the next question. Yeah, and, yes. and sometimes like you'll have a guest like me who's like, duck, 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 and you're like, okay, I want to, I'm going to ask about that, and then you're like, oh, what was that I was going to ask about? Right. That's why I try to write stuff down. No, that's no, you have to. Yeah. You so. Have, so I'll let you speak now. Oh, I get to talk. Everybody keeps hijacking my shows. <laughs> <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you about a blog that you did recently. Okay. So you recently wrote a post called "Prove Yourself and Ask for More." Oh. Okay. Post about asking for referrals and recommendations. Okay. Um, I'm trying to remember what the was <laughs> about. You, well, you put out a lot of content. I know. So. Yeah, refresh my memory. Well, it's just about asking for the referrals and the recommendations instead of just waiting for them to come. Yeah. Oh, you have no idea what I'm talking about. No, no, no. I'm, like, I'm, I'm actually, now I'm stuck in my head thinking about that blog that I wrote, and I'm trying to think of what I put in there that was uh, relevant to that. Uh, but I can just jump into um, the purpose of that. I mean, you need to prove yourself and you need people to trust you before you can just say, will you refer me? Will you will you recommend me? Yes. You need to build a relationship that people feel safe in giving you a referral. I'm sure you've been through this, that um, you've referred somebody and you got burned. I'm very careful about who I refer. Yeah. For that reason. And I've been burned several times on that. So I, you have to be able to prove yourself and you have to create trust. And I have to see that you have a track record and... And and then I'll give you the referral. Right. Yeah, and you just um, <clears throat> recently gave me quite a few referrals. And yeah. that was, I was like opening up my emails. And I was like, <gasps> just, I just <laughs> I kept getting more and more excited. And I was, you know, and I, so I really appreciate that. And I think that. Well, it's a giver's game, too, because mm -hmm. you're really good at that. You're really good at connecting people and introducing people. And, and you have to be conscientious of that and mindful of that. 
that it's a giver's game. And if mm-hmm. and another rule in improv is make other people look good. That's our number one rule. So when you make other people look good, you do good things for them. You set them up for success. It comes back to you. It's karma. It's karma. Yeah. It comes back to you. So you, you should always be in this giver game mind. I, and you give without expecting to receive exactly. back. Exactly. Because you, if you expect to receive no. back, it's, it's no, zero yeah. zero. You give, you give for the sake of giving. <clears throat> Okay, so um, so yeah, that was kind of what we were going for. We just wanted to see, you know, how that could help businesses and, um, you know, even candidates. You know, they, I think, recruiters are great. Don't think my job's ever going away. But I just recently had a candidate that was referred by his old boss to a company that I was working with before I could get him in front of him. Oh. And he got the interview because... Because of that referral. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually been through that in my career. Yeah? Um, I worked for a woman in Chicago, the Chicagoland Chamber of Commerce. She was masterful. I think that's where I learned a lot of my networking and -hmm. and paying it forward. She had this magical Rolodex that everybody wanted and told her, when you die, we want the Rolodex. We don't know. Like a real Rolodex? Like a real Rolodex. Um, We don't know where the Rolodex went, but... She was masterful, and she continuously introduced me to people to get me the next job. Wow. So she got me several jobs just by making those introductions. And while I was working for her, she got me the next job. Maybe she didn't like you. Well, you know, I thought that for a second. I did. Um, no, she, she was just so good at, you know, lifting people to the next level. There was nowhere for me to go in that position that I was in. So she would have been a good example just like Keith. Somebody that helped yeah. you to the next yeah, level. Yeah, I would say, you know, when I think back in time, she would be that other, like, really important person in my life that literally, she used to call me cannoli. I just hear her voice, because being Italian, she'd be like, cannoli, <laughs> cannoli, I'm going to introduce you to, and, and actually, she got me a job as director of marketing for, people may still be familiar with this, um, it was called Tony and Tina's Wedding, and it was a dinner show, and they had them in different cities, and I think at one point they had them in um, Dallas. It's like a wedding that you're going to, mm-hmm. but it's a show, but it feels real. It's wild. So <laughs> it's really wild. It sounds very different. Very different, and um, I was director of marketing, but she got me that job. She was like, I'm gonna int- they're, they're looking for someone. I'm going to introduce you. You're Italian. They should hire you, and they like hired me immediately. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. I've tried to hire you several times. <laughs> You're like, I don't want to recruit Casey. (laughs) Um, We're running out of time, but I want to get to this last question that we were talking about earlier. And that was, um, so your company helps shift uh, people problems to profits, is what you say. Mm -hmm. And one area you address is company culture. And I, to me, this is the biggest issue with a lot of companies today. So talk to us a little bit about that. And, you know, what role does that play like when you're interviewing candidates, training employees, and retain, retaining them? To me, culture is such a huge issue. And it starts, it really does start with recruiting. So who you recruit, right, like everything starts from there. If you, mm-hmm. don't, if you don't hire right, everything falls apart, right? Uh, yeah. Right? <laughs> and so culture is king or queen. And you have to be able to communicate that in some way to the candidate that, what the culture is about because mm-hmm. the candidate might not be a good fit for the culture. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with your culture or with the candidate or with the candidate. It just might not be a good fit. I actually have a client right now who um, has gone to work for Buzz, BuzzFeed and 
you know, he was talking about how amazing their culture is and how different it is from every other culture. He's worked in, he worked for Tiffany's, he worked for Shinola, and, you know, he could just feel a different vibe in yeah. the culture. So the problem with culture for companies is that they don't know what their culture is or they're not paying attention to it or it's kind of like running amok on its own. And the reality is is that your employees really form your culture over time. Yes. Right, they form the culture. You, especially when you start a company, you don't really know what that culture is going to look like. You have a vision, you have a mission. So these are all important things. Having, being really clear on your mission as an organization, having some vision, and being really clear on your core values, and that your employees know what the core values are, because that will resonate. Yes, and that will attract candidates. Because if your employees are happy in that culture, they're actually going to get you people. Right. Because they're going to be like, oh, I love working at this company because of this, this, and this. And so what that's going to do is they're going to bring you, as the employer, similar candidates to that good employee, you know, that's similar to that employee. So culture is so important. And who does it really well is Zappos. And I spent three days at Zappos at a culture camp. And I really? paid to go to their culture camp. Oh, I would pay to go to that. Pretty pricey. Um, amazing though because I got an opportunity to literally shadow their call center like people in the call center and watch how they took care of customers and and then literally I would question them and go why did you why did you give that why did you send her another pair of shoes and believe that her the, sh the box was empty that she received in the mail and she, the girl's like it's not my job to question it because core value number four says and I was like wow that's amazing yeah, a lot of companies will say they have core values, but... They put it on the walls. Right, right, right. Yep. Maybe, if they even do that. Yeah. And Keith. actually, Keith Walters will talk about core behaviors. Completely, a little bit different than core values. Like, there's a value about, you know, what are the behaviors that are, you know, promoted within an organization. So, culture can really bring you really good candidates, but if you're not clear on the culture, and you don't communicate it, and you don't support it, you don't... You just have a culture of chaos. Very, very true. And nobody wants to work in that. Nope. Nobody wants to work in that. So, okay. Are you ready for our VIP questions? Yes. <laughs> a little scared. Don't be scared. <laughs> All right. My first question is, if you were chosen to be one of the first colonists on Mars, okay. what three things or people or combination of the two okay. would you take with you? So the three items I would bring. I gave this some serious thought. Okay. Because I like to be irreverent and relevant together. So, number one, I would bring some kind of water source. I don't want to assume that there's a water source on Mars. Okay. Okay. Um, number two, I would bring my dogs. That counts as two. Two dogs? Two dogs. Okay, so... Well, go ahead for the third I one. would bring the younger dog. Oh, well, not the old lady. No, I bring the older dog because she's my baby. And um, number three, lipstick. Of course you would bring lipstick. <laughs> Just, you know, lots and lots of lots lipstick. Lots of lipstick, yeah. <laughs> You're funny. What is one thing that you do each day that sets your day up for success? You know, there are a lot of things I do, but probably the most, the thing that is the most effective for me is journaling. Journaling or writing a blog, but mostly journaling because how I start the day is kind of like journaling. Journaling helps me get the cobwebs out. Mm -hmm. Like what kind of residue do I have from the day before that might have been negative 
that I want to get out of my system? And yep. then what do I want to do today that's going to be positive? So journaling would be my number one choice. I also journal in the morning mm -hmm. and meditate. Well, you only gave me one choice, so meditate <laughs> Meditate was number two. So I think I remember you and Rachel were talking about The Miracle Morning. Miracle Morning. On a podcast. Yeah. I love that book. I read it about a year and a half ago, and it's, like, changed my life. Yeah, I didn't even know it was a book because I was just talking about how I, how I start my day, and it was, like, journaling, praying, meditating, working out. Um, like, I had these a variety of things. And so she's like, that's the miracle morning. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an awesome. He just wrote another one, another book, uh, The Miracle Equation, too, that's pretty Ooh, interesting. Okay. So. I have to put that in my Audible. I know, and I'm just going to call out right now Hal Elrod. I would like to have you on my show. Put, tell the universe. Yeah, I know, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Last question. Okay. You seem to know. Oh, I'm going over. If your life's work was being summarized in a news article, uh -huh. what would your headline be? Okay. So the headline is ready? I'm ready. G okay. Gina Tremarco strives to make others look good by being real, raw, relevant, and irreverent. I love it. Gina, how do people get in touch with you? Easiest way is ginatremarco.com. That will lead you to Pivot 10 Results, Carolina Improv, our podcast, GinaTramarco.com is the easiest way. Perfect, perfect. Thank you so much for being on the show with me today. And I'm so excited because now I get to go to a happy hour with you. We're going to have so much fun with all of our go-go girls. Yeah, so um, I just have one more thing to say to you before we go. Okay. Gina. Casey. <laughs> I knew this was going to happen at some point. <laughs> Gina, don't. You are a VIP. Thank you. And that's a wrap for today. Join us next week here on the We Are VIP podcast. We'd love to know how we can help you be a VIP. To find out more, log on to wearevip.com.